woke up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. Something without warning, love, bears heavy on my mind. Then I look at you. 25 to 4 here on the Run Home pregame show. We'll be joined by Beeve in a roughly 25 minutes. Looking forward to hearing his antics over in Paddy. Sam Ackerman and producer Bad getting you through the first part of the show and excited into your Monday afternoon, of course. And we're going to start uh, this part now with the Run Homes Rugby World Cup update. Because as we mentioned in the headlines, it is all but over for the Wallabies at the Rugby World Cup. And who better to hear about it from than Eddie Jones post that 40-6 to defeat at the hands of the Welsh. Firstly, Eddie, on whether he set realistic goals or not heading into the tournament. I wouldn't care what team I took to the World Cup. If I wasn't thinking that I could win the World Cup, I wouldn't bother going. I'd prefer to have high expectations and then when you fail, at least, you, at least, you know, we've been, we've been setting our goal to win the World Cup and we're not good enough. That's OK. That's OK. Um, as long as we keep working hard and, and keep, keep trying to improve, and we are. Every day we, we're, getting, we're working hard to get better and today was a, you know, one of those things where unfortunately it doesn't go on the linear line, doesn't go like this. You've got some downs and ups and downs and ups and we'll continue to have that for a while. I've got no doubt about that. But what, what we are seeing is a group of young players who are going to be the backbone of a very successful Australian team. That's certainly true if it has downs and ups and downs and ups, if it actually has ups though, in fairness, Eddie. So far, just downs. Just so far, down, down, down. Now, uh, one of the biggest talking points that came out, of course, is that Eddie Jones apparently has been in conversations uh, via Zoom. Can't imagine Eddie operating a Zoom very easily uh, to take over or return uh, to Japan as a head coach, we're part of the conversations. Not just not long before the start of a World Cup match, unbelievable. Here's Eddie's on those links. Eddie, do you have a second interview lined up with the JRFU? I said I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Can you give Wallabies fans your absolute 100% commitment that you will not be coach of Japan next year? I'm committed to coach Australia. Next year, I'm committed to coach Australia. That's that doesn't sound very say. definitive, Thank Eddie. You. Next question, please. We said one follow-up. It felt like an episode of the British office, not the American one, which is a little bit cringy, but like full Ricky Gervais uncomfortable watching him squirm under that spotlight on those questions. Unbelievable. So he has been talking about that commitment to the Wallace rugby. People were wondering, you know, is he the man to take it forward? No one seems to think so outside Eddie Jones. I really take umbrage at the questioning that people are questioning my commitment to coaching Australia. I really take umbrage at it. Um, yeah, I've been working non-stop since I've come here, um, and I apologise for the results. I keep saying that. But to doubt my commitment to the job, I think, is a bit red hot. So we're not going to deal with any of those questions any further. So I'm happy to talk about Wales. I'm happy to talk about Portugal. If you want to keep going down that line, I'll excuse myself. So do you want to decide what you want to do? Yeah, look, you can imagine a bloke getting defensive if you say that he's not even trying. So, fair enough reaction from Eddie, I reckon, that one. But the question deserves to be asked at the same time. Now, does Eddie Jones think this team that he's taken on with young players uh, and certainly not producing at a level that any side of the level of the Wallabies or where the Wallabies should be, I should say, is producing, does he think his players 
have improved? Oh, massively, mate. You know, if I look at Angus Bell, just in the forward pack, Nick Frost, um, Tom Hooper, Fraser McWright, uh, Valentini, you know, they're not at their best at the moment, but they're really making good progress. And then you've got Mark in the back line, who's making some wonderful progress. So, you know, there's a, there's a core group of players here who are going to be really good players. And I think... Yeah, some of those players I've just mentioned in time will be world-class players and they'll be, they'll be the, the, the backbone of a very successful Australian team. Yeah, I've got no doubt about that. Yeah, they're talented players and now they're learning how to work harder, how to be more consistent in their preparation and they're going to be fine players. Yeah, what Nick Frost has done in the last two games... Um, as a second rower, I think uh, you know he's 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 going to be a very good player. Well, speaking of uh, very very good, the Springboks have got quite a few of them, and they're playing well right now. And their coach Jacques Niemba believes that South Africa and Ireland are both better for the intensity of their Pool B clash on Sunday. The Irish, as we know, won 13 to 8 in a brutally combative Test match that could have been a preview for the final in the eyes of some in four weeks' time. I think I said it uh, in the pre-match. Uh, uh, interviews. I said I think a lot of the, both of our teams will take a lot out of this game because it will be played at at, uh, at at a massive intensity and physicality, and you will be tested mentally. I think a, a couple of our players, a guy like Marnie, this will probably be the most pressure game that he's ever played in, and he'll get better at it. Uh, the same with a guy like Kurtley, it will definitely be his most pressured game. He will get better, and 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 uh, they will get used to the pressure of playing. This was like a knockout game. This this. If, if this was a semi-final or quarter-final or final of a World Cup, I think people, that's what you expect when you play in those knockout games. So I think from a team perspective, we will, we would obviously got good preparation out of it in terms of the intensity and the physicality. Unfortunately, we didn't get the result. And, um, uh, and the same for them. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. And finally, Irish playmaking king Johnny Sexton isn't buying into that result giving them some kind of you know some sort of belief that they can go on and win the world cup it's, it's it, honestly it, it doesn't have any it's just another game in terms of making sure we you know try and get out of the pool we're, we're not talking about being champions we were talking about the next game today was it was all about the springboks of course the whole week um even Earlier on in the summer, we, we sort of dedicated some time to prepping for this game. Um, but now it's all about Scotland. We're, we're not thinking about anything beyond that. You know, Scotland are an excellent team. I think that they'll be frustrated with how they, they played against South Africa. Um, but at the same time, you saw how we struggled at times to, to get our game going. So um, it's all geared up towards towards that game now, making sure that we do what's required to, to try and win the pool. Um, you know, but we, you can't look beyond the next game in this competition. We've learned that. That's the biggest lesson we can take from the last few World Cups, anyway. Producer Brad, Beaver's going to love hearing that, that they beat South Africa and aren't saying that they can go on to win the World Cup from it. That, that's, that falls right into his wheelhouse. <laughs> also, they've won 16 tests in a row. So, like, look, I totally get where Beaver's <laughs> coming from, but the, I think this Irish team's different now. He may look like the ultimate uh, Nostradam Nostradamus when uh, when the All Blacks knock Ireland out of the World Cup, and and um, I totally get that, and I want the All Blacks to desperately win. Right. But so do I. 
I want to be wrong. I just think this Irish team is made of a different kettle of fish. Um, and Brian's texted in, afternoon, guys. Before we start poo-pooing the Wallabies, we better hope like hell we don't get beat by the Italians and we're not looking past the quarterfinals. We need a long look at ourselves. That's from Brian. And Sammy, uh, I put this in the run-home chat today that we better get bonus points against Italy and Uruguay because yep. uh, if we don't, there is a chance that the French could pull off some sort of skullduggery in that final game against the Italians, and we know they will not have Anton Dupont. Maybe they rest all their superstars for a huge quarterfinal. If Italy, even if the Italians lose to the All Blacks but get a bonus point in defeat and then beat the French by a bonus point, there is nothing the All Blacks can do to prevent the Italians from advancing unless they get bonus points in all of their games. So the All Blacks have to have a bonus point victory over the Italians, or is there, there is the potential of French skullduggery in that final group game. That is a scary thought. So if I'm the All Blacks, I'm focused 100% on kicking all my goals, taking the points on offer, denying the Italians a bonus point, scoring your three tries and getting one yourself. That should be their sole focus. I, I hear it, and I, it's, it is definitely worth keeping in mind, and it's a it's a, it's a thrilling, intriguing part to the subplot, Brad. But man, I I can't personally, and I don't. Maybe you think I'm naive. Let me know if you do. But I don't think that the French are going to throw a rugby World Cup game before the the quarterfinals at a time where they should be gearing up, not winding down. Throw a game for the purpose of eliminating somebody else. And be and bring the game of rugby into that level of disrepute at a home World Cup. It would absolutely it would make rugby look so petty, so poor. I I, I don't know. Maybe, two, maybe that's just me, Brad. But I I can't imagine anyone actually going through with that. Two things on that. First, the French are made different. All right, like, they're a yep, different they're true. a different species. And secondly, not so much throw the game, uh, Sammy, but with a with a quarter final against South Africa or Ireland. I would imagine that the likes of Pinot and, and maybe uh, Jalabert and some of these big forwards, Jonathan Dante as well, the back, maybe they get rested. That's what I'm sort of alluding to is that with a massive game coming up and the loss of the best player in the world already yeah. out of your team, do you want to risk your other starters when you know that uh, you're all but into the World Cup quarterfinals? It's a big call. Momentum is massive at this level, and if you've got, if you're talking about the the teams they are going to run into are going to be match hardened. Exactly what we heard from Jacques Nemo before is that he's not. They're not just. Uh, they are better for these games. I think the chance of a little bit of competition after those uh, those pool runs would be crucial. Do, but do you remember the Black Caps go slow, Sammy, all those years ago to prevent Australia from making the finals of the World Series? <laughs> it can happen, man. It can happen. It, it, it can happen. It can happen. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. It's not a possibility. I may, maybe I'm just too good a person, Brad. Maybe, maybe I. am not capable of, of thinking so uh, darkly and deeply. Uh, no, no one who knows me would agree with that assessment. But I. I'm going to stick with it. We're going to take a break here on the run home. Be back shortly.